Grace and peace to you, Bloom. Welcome to our guided liturgy podcast. We hope that this podcast and the liturgy that we go through together creates a space in which you can experience Christ and feel the presence of your church body, of those who have been made one in Christ with you as you pray, confess, as we meditate on Scripture. This Sunday is Palm Sunday. It's the Sunday at the beginning of Holy Week. It begins the Passion Story, Jesus' Road to the Cross. That's the scripture that we will center on in this episode. And then we will release the Good Friday Liturgy later in the week. We invite you to join in on that, to join with the church in the story of the Passion, the story of the Cross. We're glad to have you with us. Bloom, let's join with the church worldwide in praying the prayer of the day. Almighty and ever-living God, in your tender love for the human race, you sent your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, to take upon him our nature and to suffer death upon the cross, giving us the example of his great humility. Mercifully grant that we may walk in the way of his suffering and also share in his resurrection. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let us then show our love for him by confessing our sin in penitence and faith. In the wilderness we find your grace. You love us with an everlasting love. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. There is none but you to uphold our cause. Our sin cries out and our guilt is great. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Heal us, O Lord, and we shall be healed. Restore us, and we shall know your joy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sin, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen.
everything fades away but you And all I need is you
here reading from Psalm 118. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Let all Israel repeat, his faithful love endures forever. Open for me the gates where the righteous enter, and I will go in and thank the Lord. These gates lead to the presence of the Lord, and the godly enter there. I thank you for answering my prayer and giving me victory. The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is wonderful to see. This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Please, Lord, please save us. Please, Lord, please give us success. Bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God shining upon us. Take the sacrifice and bind it with the cords on the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Glory Glory to to the the Father, Father, and to to the the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, Spirit, as it it was was in the beginning, is now, and and will be forever. Amen. Hear a reading from Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 2. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Hear a reading from the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 11. As Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the towns of Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them. As soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord needs it and will return it soon. The two disciples left and found the colt standing in the street tied outside the front door. As they were untying it, some bystanders demanded, What are you doing, untying that colt? They said what Jesus had told them to say, and they were permitted to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it, and he sat on it. Many in the crowds spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others spread leafy branches they had cut in the fields. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God! 
blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord, blessings on the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Praise God in highest heaven. So Jesus came to Jerusalem and went into the temple. After looking around carefully at everything, he left because it was late in the afternoon. Then he returned to Bethany with the twelve disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. I think Palm Sunday is one of the most confusing Sundays in the church. That's just me. I don't have a, you know, quote-unquote professional opinion, but that's just, that's me because it's hard to understand why we treat it the way in which we do. You have Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey in a procession that was reserved really for militaristic leaders, and they would ride on animals of war. And here you have Jesus riding on a donkey, and he's, he's greeted, and they're shouting, Save now, save now. Hosanna in the highest. Blesses you, comes in the name of the Lord. They want him to be this militaristic leader. They want him to overthrow the Romans. And we treat it so interestingly in the church. We give kids palms, and we kind of reenact the whole thing. There's this part of me as an eight, and maybe just how I'm wired, I just kind of I have a real visceral reaction to it. We've seen a lot of rallies in our time in the last four years, and um, we've seen some political rallies go bad and some things chanted and said that shouldn't be said. And and most people leading those rallies would say uh, that one should not air, that shouldn't be uh, broadcast. Um, We've seen is that those things are lifted up and and magnified and broadcasted. But this, to me, is is a political rally that has gone bad because... This is not what they are saying, overthrow, overthrow, be the militaristic leader that we want, be the Messiah that we have envisioned, not based on your life, the compassion, the healing, the kindness, the grace that's flown through you. That's not what we want. We want you to be what we need you to be. Mm -hmm. And so it really is a rally that's gone bad. And you see Jesus actively pushing against that, riding into the city on a donkey is, is such a powerful statement of the misguided nature of the whole thing. I mean, to me, what I love about this passage is that Jesus is kind of making a mockery out of it because he's not giving them what they want. And he never does, by the way. He never, ever gives them what they want. He gives them what they need. He gives us what we need at the deepest levels, not what we want because that's such a small story. But Back to Palm Sunday, it's fun and it's, there's palms and there's shouting and there's this sense of worship and there's kind of the texture of, of veneration to Jesus and, and honor, but there's something underneath the surface behind what we see in the story that has darker roots. And it, it sounds like the voice that tempted Jesus in the wilderness. It sounds like the voice that was coming through the mouth of Peter, mm-hmm. telling him what kind of king and what type of road he would walk to the cross. Not one of humility, not one of compassion, not one of grace, but of power, of might. So Jesus stands in the middle of this political rally gone bad, riding on a donkey. And that's just awesome. 
What other venue could be so tempting to rise up in your own might, to get on right. a war horse and to, and to do it, mm-hmm. kill the Romans, overthrow the other. But again, he's tempted. Well, I don't know if he's tempted or not. Mm-hmm. But in a place of temptation, he says no. And he chooses humility in tangible form. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. But it feels like in the church we've, and this is, this is me too. This is me. I mean, I used to order palms for us at Bloom. We've held on to the wrong side of this. We've played the wrong role. Mm-hmm. We, we, we want a king. We want a king. We, mm-hmm. <laughs> we wave the palms to it. And, and that's what we do in our society. That's what the church is still doing. We validate things because it has the outward form of worship, then we validate them as full of Christ. But that's not true. Mm-hmm. That's not how the divine, the eternal works. And that's not how it plays out in our, in our world. That just because someone prays before a rally, just because someone prays before they sign a political bill, and it doesn't mean that it's Christ-inspired. Mm-hmm. It means it has the outer form of worship. Well, it's also interesting, like, what is, what's the first thing Jesus does once he gets into the city, right? Doesn't he go straight to the temple and then he starts throwing tables around? <laughs> he actually does. So even then, like, he automatically, like, as soon as he gets in the city, he's already turning things around, like, li- literally and figuratively, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just, he's just always with such force pushing back on any attempt by humans to make him into what we want him to be. Mm-hmm. Because if you think of, if you are the word made flesh, the one who has held all creation, who, who spoke creation into existence, the best thing for us is creator, is love, is, is Christ. Mm-hmm. So to give us anything else, any form of Messiah or savior that's, that's not Christ, it's, it would be, cruel. We'd be denying us of what we want, what we need. I'm still stuck on the palms. <laughs> and I, I just think you said something about how we've replicated the wrong part. And then, so I've been thinking like, what does it look like to replicate the right part? And you know where we're back to? We're back to that lo- that lonely road to suffer, die, rise. Mm-hmm. Because that's what that trip was for Jesus. This humble final stretch to the cross. I don't know how you give kids that <laughs> to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I just think we've gotten the wrong, we've celebrated the wrong part for a long time. Mm-hmm. And in celebrating the wrong part, it feels like we turned a blind eye to, mm-hmm. to Jesus trying to kind of give them the message yeah. with the donkey did yeah. nobody mm-hmm. notice the donkey? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like... They noticed when they tried to take it. That's about it. <laughs> right. For me, it's a conviction of where am I getting caught up in energy and where am I getting caught up in the yeah. crowd and where mm-hmm. am I getting caught up in what feels good and where am I missing Jesus nudging and showing himself and revealing truth Mm -hmm. in ways that I mean in this it feels like it's the elephant in the room (laughs) 
but it's the donkey yeah. in the room. <laughs> I mean, how are they ignoring this? It feels like a statement. And yet yeah. they kind of are just turning a blind eye and doing their thing. And like you said, waving the palm branches and yelling their chants and trying to be like, oh, no, we're going to disregard that and make this into what we want it to be. And I don't want to miss. Mm -hmm. I want my eyes to be open yeah. to those signs yeah. that Jesus is giving us of which which role to play, which side to be on. Mm -hmm. I have to think that the, the Jewish leaders of the time would have known what was going on. I mean, if, if there are people who are, who are familiar with that Zechariah passage, for instance. Yeah, for sure. Then they, they would see Jesus as doing this and, and encroaching on their power, probably. Well, they were up there in their balcony, or that's how I picture them. I think they say, you know, the whole world has gone after them. I mean, they're not happy yeah. about this. But even the, the Zechariah prophecy, um, Zechariah 9.9, Rejoice, O people of Zion, shout out in triumph. O people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. So there was this, you know, messianic prophecy that this would happen. And it's not to indict everybody. I'm sure there were people there that had, that had been up close with Jesus. They have seen, he had recently raised Lazarus from the dead. I mean, he shows that he is victorious over death, that he has power over death. There's been people that have been listened to and people that have been healed and brought into the community of God. There are these people who, who see him for who he is. But, but I, I have to wonder if they are feeling a little out of place or off-center in this whole charade because they know him as one who isn't, doesn't play the part of a militaristic messiah, a political figure, of someone riding into the city on a horse like that's not who Jesus was to them mm -hmm. so I still even if there were people that were that saw him really their eyes were open as, as Jesus would say to to who he really was they may have been there but I don't know if they would have been caught up in the whole thing to be honest maybe they would right. but it would have felt off in a way mm -hmm. that yes he's humble just as the prophecy is saying He's on a donkey, but like, what are we doing here? Like, what is this? Mm -hmm. Are we making this into something that it's not, that it shouldn't be? And I love what you said that he, yeah, he does. He goes straight to the temple and starts turning over tables and, and, and clearing out the mess, which is really what he does. Mm -hmm. And it's what he does still. Mm -hmm. It's what he does in us. Which feels like translating into today when we talk about the expectations that we put on him speaking for myself as I'm trying to work through freeing myself from those expectations that really the answer to that is how well do I know Jesus mm -hmm. and, yeah. the, and the deeper that I know him I think the more I will know <laughs> that it's rarely gonna look like what I'm expecting we're trying to put on him mm -hmm. like you're saying back then the people that were with him and knew him sensed this didn't fit mm -hmm. and you see all of them again 
And I don't want to ruin the story for anyone. <laughs> don't, don't spoiler but, alert. But they are at the foot of the cross mm-hmm. with their arms around each other. Mm-hmm. They are Nicodemus who mm-hmm. wraps the body of Christ. They're there. They're just quiet. I mean, they yeah. are actually doing the same thing Jesus is. They're humbly trusting the story where they can as far as they can in that yeah. place. Yeah. They're still there. They're just humbly mm-hmm. there. <laughs> they look like Jesus. They look like Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is our call, I think. Right. Yeah. Right. We just make a bit of a charade out of the whole thing. Yeah. We still yeah. do. Yeah. And I, I was talking with this woman, this beautiful person in Christ and, and her story of, really serving the forgotten, the meth addicts, the the people that needed help. And her experience of the church was so interesting because she felt, I mean, I can picture that she felt like out of place. Mm-hmm. There was this kind of charade about mm-hmm. victory and it had political leanings. And I think she was kind of lost of it is what she said. And she finally fell out. And um, we just have a tendency to do that. And I think that's what's so beautiful about Lynn. I was telling Dulce earlier, I kind of want to go back to Lynn this year, and she won't let us, um, <laughs> either will the church, because the church marches on to Easter. But the thing that I loved about Lent this year is it gave us time. It asked these questions like, do you love Christ? Are you following Christ? Are you open? Repent, lament, self-denial, prayer. I mean, it was all so beautiful because it was so needed especially after the last 12 months that we've been through is so needed. So here we are at Palm Sunday. And I think it's just a, a mirror unto ourselves mm-hmm. of what have we made this into? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have we missed Christ in the middle of it? Mm-hmm. Taryn was saying earlier about how we have this tendency to make Bible stories more palatable for kids. And maybe that's where the palms came from. And I think it's tempting to turn this into a story about kingship. But I think if you just go deeper into it, which hopefully we have, and what you see is this ability and this heart of Christ to be present with us in all things. I mean, someone was saying earlier, he knows the hearts of the people. And yes, he chose to ride on a donkey and not give them what they wanted, but he was present with them. If you let the story be what it is, then you see that. You see that Jesus was present with a completely misguided, hurting, and and, and perhaps violent people. That he, he let them be where they are, and he was present. And that's exactly what Christ does to us now. He's present with us. When we miss the story, when we try to make it into something that it's not, when we try to to refigure Christ into something that we would rather have. He's with us. And um, that's the gospel right there. The light has come into the darkness. That's what we see in the story again. That's what we see every time that Christ interacts with humanity. The light comes into the darkness. And we're loved. We're set free. So happy Palm Sunday, Bloom. We stand with Christ in his suffering and pray. For forgiveness for the many times we've denied Jesus, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy.
for grace to seek out those habits of sin which mean spiritual death, and by prayer and self-discipline to overcome them. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Christian people, that through the suffering of disunity there may grow a rich union in Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who make laws, interpret them, and administer them, that our common life may be ordered in justice and mercy. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who have the courage and honesty to work openly for justice and peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those in the darkness and agony of isolation, that they may find support and encouragement, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who, weighed down with hardship, failure, or sorrow, feel that God is far from them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who are tempted to give up the way of the cross, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That we, with those who have died in faith, may find mercy in the day of Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Holy God, holy and strong, holy and immortal, have mercy upon us.